What is up, everybody? The question of the day is, how do you lose two players off an offensive line to the NFL draft and still get better the following season? I'm going to tell you today on Locked on Bulldogs. You are Locked on Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I am Daniel. Clint is out today, but I have got you covered. We're back with another position group ratings, and today we are talking about the offensive line. As we mentioned, if you're unfamiliar with the series, Clint and I like to use this time in the summer, in the offseason, to look back at last year's team, look forward to next year's team, do a little bit of a recap. Uh, give a final rating to a position group and then look forward to next year's team and preview that same unit, um, give a rating to them, let you know if we think they're going to get better, get worse. Uh, the way we do these ratings is the way that easiest way to think about it is the way that the Madden video games do their ratings on a scale of one to 99, 99 being the best unit that you could possibly have across all of college football. And um, uh, we do that position by position. So we already talked about last week, we talked about the running backs. Um, if you want to go back and, and listen to that episode, uh, watch that episode. By the way, thank you for joining us on audio, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Thank you for uh, joining us on YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of you have found us that way, and we appreciate it. There's also an audio podcast. You can subscribe to that. Leave us a rating and review. Drop a comment here on YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. All those things are much appreciated. So we're talking about the offensive line today, and um, Georgia's got a, a, a pedigree of, of great offensive linemen. They put linemen into the league every single year. As I mentioned, this year's no different uh, with a couple of Bulldogs in Justin Schaefer and um, Jamari Sawyer going to the NFL. <clears throat> but that's nothing new for Georgia. Again, year after year, Georgia's putting linemen into the league. Uh, the state of the Georgia offensive line, I think, can be summarized as follows. Five-star Marius Mims on campus, freshman season over, going into a sophomore season. He's still not going to get playing time, most likely. And so he puts his name in the transfer portal. He decides that he's going to go and seek greener pastures. He looks around college football and he says, nope, I'm not interested in any of those greener pastures. In fact, I'm going to come back to UGA. I'm going to probably need to wait another season. Now, maybe Amarius Mendes will play his way into the rotation, but on all likelihood, he's going to need to wait another season before he gets onto the field. But the Georgia offensive line room is such that he would rather do that because he knows that that's his best chance of getting into the league and getting paid the way that Jamari is, the way that uh, all the offensive linemen, Andrew Thomas, um, uh, Isaiah Wynn, I mean, just the lists go on and on. Uh, Solomon Kinley, there's so many guys that are in the league making significant contributions on their team. Um, but that's not the really the, the offensive line um, this offseason 
The biggest story is not the players that are leaving or the players that are coming back or the players that we recruited. The biggest story on the offensive line this season was Matt Luke deciding to step away from college football. A lot's been made of this story. I'm sure you can go find uh, somebody who's got a take on it. You can read an article of something that, that's going to give you the, the definitive reason why Matt Luke stepped away from college football. Listen, ultimately, he just decided that it was too much. It was too much time away from his family. It was not uh, It was not worth it to him. And so he stepped away. And listen, we wish Matt Luke all the best. He was a heck of a coach. We loved Matt Luke, obviously, replacing Sam Pittman, which we thought was going to be a really tough act to follow. We love Sam Pittman on this podcast. Um, but uh, but Matt Luke stepped in and did a, a more than an admirable job, did, did an incredible job. But now he's gone. And he's replaced by Stacey Searles, who uh, is obviously coming back to the University of Georgia, coached under Mark Richt, um, was a part of some some great teams, recruited some great players. Um, uh, and so you get a former Georgia guy coming back in Stacey Searles. There's, so there's a lot of, of turnover on the offensive line. Not only do you lose two guys to the draft, but you lose your offense, your position coach. And then you replace him with a guy whose last stop was at North Carolina coaching the offensive line under Mac Brown. Um, and now he comes back home to Athens to coach for Kirby Smart. Um, we'll get into that um, in a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more. But um, in the next segment, we're going to break down last year's offensive line. I'm going to give them my rating. And then in the last segment, we will talk about this coming year's offensive line, and I'll tell you whether or not they're going to be better or worse or the same. But first, I want to let you know about Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the tastiest, tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. I know that because I've tried all of the flavors. Each and every one of them comes um, in a soft and chewy. Most of them are covered in chocolate. There's fruit flavors. There's caramel flavors. Um, they have everything that you need. They are all high in protein. They are all high in fiber. They are all low in sugar. They are all keto approved. They are all great options when you're on the way to the gym, on the way home from the gym, or if you just need a little pick-me-up in the middle of the day. Listen, you don't have to go to the gym to eat a great tasting protein-rich bar uh, in the middle of the day. And the thing about Built Bar is that unlike every other protein bar on the market, it doesn't taste like a protein bar. In fact, it tastes like a candy bar. That's why I love them. That's why I think you will love them too. And right now, if you go to builtbar.com and enter the promo code locked on15, that's locked on15 at builtbar.com, you will be able to get 15% off your first order. That's builtbar.com, enter the promo code locked on15 for 15% off your first order. All right, so I told you I was going to talk to you about last year's offensive line. Let's do that now. Um, obviously led and anchored by Jamari Sawyer. Um, this group, I thought, did an admirable job last year. They protected Stetson Bennett well. There were some issues sometimes with the right side of the offensive line. Uh, there were some issues at um, at the guard spots at times. You know, there were uh, there was some mixing and matching. Really played six, maybe seven bodies if you count. Um, uh, you know, the the reps that Broderick Jones was getting towards the end of the year. But in general, I thought they protected Stetson Bennett admirably. I thought they opened uh, an adequate number of holes in the run game. 
I'm not going to say that this offensive line last year was anything special, though. I'm going to give them an 85 when I give them a rating. And that, you know, they were good enough. They were good enough to get the job done. Certainly they were not the 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 group that led the offense by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I, I liked the offense last year. They were good. That's why I liked them um, because they were efficient. They scored points. They won games. They were good. And so I like things that are good when it's related to my team. So I liked the offense. I wasn't down on the offense. I just don't necessarily think that the offensive line was the star of any show. But look, Jamari proved himself to be an absolute stud. He reminds me a ton of Isaiah Wynn, who was just this kind of jack of all trades, just sort of quietly going about his business. Not an Andrew Thomas type superstar. Uh, but just a really solid player would not surprise me at all if he has a great NFL future. It's a big loss <coughs> to lose a guy like that. And then you lose Justin Schaefer, who's obviously been around for 100 years as well. Um, it was a good unit. I'm not going to call it a great unit. I give them an 85. Um, but they did enough to be good enough last year. Now, losing Matt Luke, I think, is a big blow to this offensive line. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to believe I'm not going to minimize that point. And and I will also tell you and I don't know this might be a controversial take. You might agree with this. I don't know. I I will tell you I did not love the Stacy Searles hire. I know some people liked it. It's a it's a guy who's coached here before. He obviously coached under Mark Richt. He recruited a lot of great Georgia offensive linemen, you, you know, back in the in the Ben Jones era. So he's he is a guy that has been around the program. He is a guy that has put together great talent on offensive lines. He can obviously coach. To me, the hire was just very vanilla. After I think when Sam Pittman leaves and takes a job as a head coach, and you're able to pull in a former SEC head coach, literally less than one year removed from being a head coach in the Southeastern Conference. You're able to pull that guy in as your offensive line coach in Matt Luke. Maybe my expectations are unreasonably high that that Kirby would be able to make that kind of an unbelievable hire twice in a row. But I don't know. That's who I am, I guess. I'm going to have unreasonably high expectations because when Stacey Searles gets hired – it does not move the needle for me. It feels like you're going back to the well. I don't love the fact that it's bringing somebody back from the Mark Richt era, which I love Mark Richt, but I'm not saying the Mark Richt teams were bad. I'm not saying the coaching staff on the Mark Richt teams were bad. I know Kirby coached under Mark Richt for a year. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just, it, it would have been nice, I think, to move in a, fresh and exciting direction in terms of offensive line hires. I hope Stacy Searles is still going to be able to get out and recruit and is still going to be relatable to the top talent in college football. Time will tell. We shall see. Um, you, you don't typically worry about Kirby and his recruiting classes. I certainly think Searles is a great, a good enough on the field coach. I think he's got a ton of talent right now. And so 
It doesn't necessarily concern me about next year's team, which we will get to in just a moment. But before we talk about next year's team, let me tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the full mustache of auto parts retailers. Listen, why would you go to an auto parts store or the Walmart Auto Service Center? Why would you go to a place that has a warehouse with nothing on the shelves back there and a little kid behind the counter who's never fixed a car in his entire life typing into a little computer only to tell you they do not have the part that you need for your particular car in stock? Do you have any idea how many makes and models of cars there are? The answer is a lot. There are a lot of makes and models of cars. There are a lot of years of cars. And you have a particular one. And that particular one requires particular parts. And the only place that you can go, the only place you can go, that guarantees that you can find the exact right part that your car needs is rockauto.com. When you go there, put in locked on in the how did you hear about section. That lets them know that we sent you. And you get the exact right part that your car needs uh, at rockauto.com. All right, let's talk about this year's team. Um, I, I teased it in the open. I talked about it at the beginning of the show, and so I won't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bury the lead. I think you lose Jamari, you lose Justin Schaefer, but I think this year's team is going to be better, and here's the reason why, because. I think what you saw from Broderick Jones at the end of the year solidified for me once and for all that he is the answer at left tackle moving forward on this team. I love Broderick Jones. I think he is only going to have gotten better in this offseason. He's going to he's really going to begin to come into his own. This his third year in the program, possibly his last year in the program if he has a great year. I think Broderick Jones is a guy that you are going to be hearing a lot from this season for the Georgia Bulldogs. I love him at left tackle. I could not be more excited about him stepping into that role that Jamari played admirably in. But listen, Broderick is the prototype for what a left tackle should look like, should physically be. He's got all of the tools. We we have said, Clint and I on this podcast have said, we think Jamari long-term would have been a better fit at guard inside, but he needed to play tackle. And to his credit, he was able to play tackle at a very high level. Um, but Broderick Jones is a tackle through and through. He's got the footwork. He's got the technique. Uh, he can use his hands and he can use his massive frame. I think he's going to be a huge weapon on the offensive line and potentially has a chance to be a really high draft pick, a first round type talent in Broderick Jones. And then you look at the inside of the offensive line. Obviously you lose a guy like Justin Schaefer, who's been steady Eddie, who's just been a constant presence in the middle of that offensive line for year after year after year. But don't forget, we just talked about the Clemson game last week in a little reminiscing session uh, on the podcast last week, Clinton and I don't forget that Georgia lost its starting guard on the first play of the season last year. Tate Ratledge was the starter on this team. Warren Erickson was not the starter on this team. He got an entire year's worth of reps, 
but he was not the guy moving into last fall. The guy was Tate Ratlich. We saw a little bit of a little bit of him two years ago, and you thought during that offseason leading up to last year, you thought Tate Ratlich might emerge. And sure enough, it seems as we got closer to the fall, got closer to the Clemson game, Tate Ratlich had in fact emerged. Coaches raved about him, loved what they were seeing from him. He comes out, starts play one of the Clemson game, gets hurt on the first play, has a season-ending injury, and is just now getting back to full strength. But Georgia's getting better, I would say, on the interior of the offense. Obviously, you bring back Van Pran, Granger. You bring back a lot of the guys that got a lot of really meaningful snaps last year. And then you just add in a guy like Tate Ratledge. You obviously have McClendon. Like we mentioned, Amarius Mims already. There is a lot. There are a lot of guys that um, have a lot of talent. But I think it's those two guys. It's Broderick Jones and it's Tate Ratledge. And between those two guys, that's the reason I have this team going from an 85 last year all the way up to a 90 this year. I think it's a significant improvement for the Georgia offensive line going into the 2022 season. Significant jump forward for this team, for this offensive line. Stacey Searle's first year coaching. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, and all he has to do is not screw it up, and I think he will be able to do that uh, quite well. So I like where we are on the offensive line. I like where we are with the guys coming back. I like where we've been in recruiting, obviously, these past years. And as long as we can maintain that with Coach Searles moving forward, that's my big question. That's the thing that remains to be seen. But in terms of this year's offensive line, I got them at a 90 overall. Leave us a comment. Drop it down there. You can hit us up on Twitter at Dogs Podcast. You can send us an email, LockdownBulldogs at gmail.com. Or you can drop a comment down on YouTube. Let us know what your rating is for the 2022 offensive line. Do you have them higher than a 90? Do you have them lower than a 90? Where do you put them and why? And we will be back uh, with more episodes for you tomorrow on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast, your team every day. See ya.